Hey, what's up, everybody? I am DJ Doris E. And I'm Maya Dorsey. And this is another edition of the Dorsey Den Podcast. Once again, we're continuing on with the uh, subject of entrepreneurship. Um, we got another interesting one. Uh, Bianca Mitchell. She is an entrepreneur who is doing great things with her business straight up from the ground. Straight up, you know. Um, uh, organic. Organic. Fresh ideas. So um, she got some things to talk about, and we talked about it. And the hope is to be able to talk to other entrepreneurs and kind of get a different perspective of entrepreneurship from different perspectives. So stay tuned. We're about to talk about it. Okay, everybody. Right now we have Bianca, owner of Jane and Jones. Um and this is going to be a fun one because, you know, we are talking about entrepreneurship. So we find Bianca very, very interesting. And by the way, this is not her first time on our podcast. We've done Power Talk. So um, her voice may sound familiar. Her voice may sound very southernly familiar. <laughs> <laughs> right. That ATL shouting. My home. Yes. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah. So without further ado. And Bianca, what is your last name? Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Bianca Mitchell. Uh, I just, you know, I'll be seeing just initials and stuff. We call her B. Yeah, we just call her B. But um, without further ado, introducing Bianca Mitchell. And, and I'm going to tell you something. Now, Maya, you actually made a jacket for Maya. And this is what you do. Like, you, you are making fashion that is really... Uh, organic very organic super organic mm-hmm. and <clears throat> when i seen it i was like you know and by the way this is nobody can really see us we just recording vocals so i'm making faces as if they can see me but when i first seen it, it was like one of those like you know how a dog put his ears up and he turned his head like whoa and when we when i first seen it i was just blown away and you actually made one for maya but you've made one for a lot of people and i even seen you made one for somebody kind of major but i don't know if we want to put that out there yet no not yet not yet yeah yeah, yeah. i know it's kind of um hush hush yeah it's kind of hush hush but somebody major so um tell us a little bit about what you do bianca um well my the name of my brand is james and jones james and jones is ultimately an apparel company um but uh, junk jackets is my flagship it's just something that just really took off and it just gave me full creative control. Um, and it just allows me to present my clients with a gift from me. You know, it, it's, it's you and your personality and your interest put into a jacket, but ultimately over a period of time, James and Jones will be a brand to release clothing mm-hmm. just for everyday women. Um, and men, yeah, but say you make uh, some men stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyday apparel for men and women, and we just gonna take it from there. Yo, when I say it's fire, like this is one of those things to where you one day you'll be able to mass market it, but I don't know if that's the direction you're trying to take because it's so handcrafted. Um, ultimately, we are going to have ready-made jackets. I am actually working with a manufacturer on that now. Yeah, we were talking about that to have certain um, certain themes ready-made and ready to ship. Because mm-hmm. I was telling my ultimately, that's what I'm going to need to scale my business in order to mm-hmm. grow anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But let's take a step back, Bianca, because I think it's important to like talk about how you got here. So when you were growing up, 
you know, was this your ultimate vision? Like, what was your vision for yourself growing up and just your journey, how you got here to (laughs) fully execute your own business, make your own hours, do your own thing? Um, okay. So ultimately growing up, I wanted to be a video girl, <laughs> Okay, but, but not a video vixen. Do y'all remember big Lex who used to dance on just about to say her. Oh, hey, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. and host of rap city. And host oh, rap city. Yeah. Big Lex, you know, she's a choreographed dancer. So mm-hmm. I've always been artistic. So I wanted to, I thought I wanted to be a dancer, like, okay. you know, and you know, Jalen dances or so she has that honest, yep. but just over time, I never knew this was what I wanted to do. And I would be a liar if I said I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, but I did know that I always want to work for myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did want to work for myself. I used to be a preschool teacher and I was one of the best because I was so creative. Okay. Wow. And, I, and I still keep in contact with my parents. Like if you on Facebook, you can see me talking to some of my parents. Their kids are 15, 16. I taught their kids when they were two and three. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've always been a creative, but um, James and Jones and Junk Jackets was more so God's plan than mine. He just brought me here, and I just did the work. So take me back. Did you just happen to make a jacket, or you did something, and somebody was like, yo, I love this. And it was just like comment after comment. I heard I love it, I love it, I love it. Then somebody was like, yo, you start selling these. Like, what happened? Um, I did... I guess it would be considered my first official junk jacket for Jalen. I did it like three years ago. And it was just on the humbug, just being creative for the sake of her. Mm -hmm. So I did that jacket and never put that much thought into it. Mm -hmm. And Jalen being your? My daughter. My daughter Jalen. Yeah, I did my my daughter's jacket. And I never put that much thought into it. But it wasn't until last year I did um, a skull jacket. Uh, the one covered in skulls and spikes. And I did that and it just felt so good to create that. And I have a genuine love for skulls. Mm-hmm. So weird. But that, and it just felt good when I created it. And I was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you just, you know, one, one sale, somebody's like, how did it start spreading? Cause like, I'm starting to get to see these jackets getting out there. Um, How did it start? I think. Was it just like referrals? Like, I think my friend Chanel saw Jalen's jacket and she wanted one. And I was like, sure, I do you want. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was nothing. And when I created Chanel, I caught that euphoric feeling again. And it just mm-hmm. felt good. I'm big on intuition. Mm-hmm. So when I did Chanel's jacket, it just felt good. So I was like, okay, this is something I can take and run with. Mm-hmm. And I, people would just see my jacket and be like, oh. And then we would just converse and just take it from there. And I'm like, yeah, I can create you one. But I think it's important to talk about like you were working full time and doing this on the side and, um, you know, things has ha- have happened. We are in COVID and our opportunity opened up. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, actually, I-, I was in corporate America. I worked for a major airline um, and I used to be at work doing J- James and Jones work. Like, if I had the crystallized shoes, I would take them to work with me and do them at my desk. That's how devoted I was, Mm -hmm. and that's how I knew this was for me. Mm -hmm. I knew my corporate job was not my for everything. Mm -hmm. I I knew it wasn't. And then um, just moving from Atlanta to Ohio, I struggled with my mental health. And corporate America just wasn't good for my mental health. 
Mm-hmm. However, I could feel the difference when I did James and Jones. So when COVID hit, the opportunity presented itself to be able to quote unquote retire mm-hmm. and be able to pursue my dreams full time. And mm-hmm. I prayed about it and I prayed about it and I asked God for sign at the sign. And he was like, all right, girl, I don't have no more signs. I said what I said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I did it. <laughs> and, I, I, and I think it was a blessing. You know, when you talk about God's timing because you were able to retire and those benefits and perks that you wouldn't have had. I mean, that's why I say COVID is a blessing and a curse. Um, we hate the restriction. We want to go back to doing what we did before, but it has presented people with so many opportunities and ideas that we would have overlooked or not even looked for had we been where we were back in February and before. So I think that's just interesting. That whole story of how it just all evolved where you were able to be presented by your corporate job, you know, with an opportunity to retire and or you know leave early with benefits and then now take that and create and do what you really have intended to do what God has intended for you to do which is to be creative um to make other people feel good so when you talk about your your transition from Atlanta you lived in Atlanta just give us a little backstory you lived in Atlanta grew up born and raised in Atlanta and then came to came to Cincinnati area why Okay, yeah, I was born and raised in Atlanta, Southwest Atlanta, yay. <laughs> um, I moved to Cincinnati four years ago for my husband's job. He got a promotion. Mm-hmm. And Cincinnati is more of a family-oriented city than Atlanta. Atlanta's very fast-paced. Hustle and, and bustle. It's very, you know, it's very robust there. So moving here allowed me to slow down as far as raising my kids and, and give them a better core. So. To move, the idea to move here was a no-brainer. Now, I will be honest, at no point did I realize I would be sacrificing the growth of my business, that I, the growth path of my business that I was on. Mm-hmm. I did not know I would be sacrificing. I mm-hmm. lost a lot of money moving here. Okay. A lot of money moving here. So you were doing your business. You were beginning to kind of like get your feet wet in Atlanta with doing the business that you have now. And you yes, had to start all over. Okay. I started out as Rainbows ATL. And okay. that was me specializing in children's accessories, hairs, sh- hair bows, shoes, um, some shirts and tutus, things like that. Okay. So that's what I started out doing because I was a housewife first. And okay. I just I just wanted some extra money. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just want I had a creative bug that I didn't know I had and I just mm-hmm. needed to get it out. So that was how that started. Okay. But being in Atlanta, like Rainbows ATL, I was doing well. Hmm. I was I was doing very well. Like I had contract, I, I'm not gonna say I had, I still have contracts with two county school systems, Fulton County and Doug, with two county school systems back home. Okay. where I do their accessories. Okay. And then I still have a, a long list of various organizations, private schools who will contact me and reach out. But the thing about Atlanta is that I realize you don't have that luxury here in Cincinnati. Atlanta will call you on Wednesday and need something by Saturday. Yeah. So hustle I got, and bustle. Hustle and bustle. So yeah, I saw a lot of money that way. And it was very convenient. But moving here, I don't have that convenience. Yeah. Because it got to be I need time for this. I need time for that. In Atlanta, somebody can just pull up and pick it up. Right, right. That was where my core base was. So moving, when I moved to Cincinnati, I didn't realize I would be sacrificing all that. 
I had no idea I would lose so much money. And when you said the bows and stuff, that made me think about my niece used to um, be a um, dancer. Um, um, she used to do hilltop dancing in Cincinnati. And they would always have competitions and have to have hair bows and special um, leggings and tutus and all that stuff. So that automatically took me to that, like as being a client you know, with the kids and the girls, you know, with dance and ballet and things like that. That's interesting. Yeah, it's good money in it. Like, people spend money for their little girls. They do. They do. Yeah. They even got a Netflix special that um I would never watch now. What's what? that? I forget what it's called. It's like the little girls that's twerking. Have you heard about that? Cuties? My... Yeah, is that it? You said cuties? About the dance team. It's, it's, it's a French film. Yeah, I is think I did. Yeah, I think it is, but it's like young girls, right? Yeah. Who want to dance? Yeah. I haven't yeah. even heard of that. Yeah, it, it got a lot of flack, but I think there was a twist in there. I think they was advertising it, but there was a twist in there or something. Um, but yeah, so I don't want to skip over the part where you said you left your job. Mm-hmm. Take me through, because I know you mentioned mental health. Mm-hmm. Take me through your psyche like what was going through your mind i know you prayed about it but what was going through your mind was it a fearful thing absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely okay so let okay let's just be honest i have a lot of people in my life who may not necessarily understand the entrepreneur life Mm -hmm. and the sacrifices that it comes with but however you sacrifice a lot to gain a lot so that's my perspective it's like, yeah, I was going to give up something, but I'm going to gain a lot more. So initially, I was apprehensive about telling people that that was even, that leaving, you know, my corporate job was even an option. Can I say the name? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I was I just didn't wanna, Yeah. I don't want to put your business out there <laughs> if you didn't want to, but yeah, say yeah, it. I, I was working at Delta and, you know, everybody around me was so happy to have flight benefits and I was able to allow my family to travel all around the world. So I was scared to tell them that I wanted to walk away from this. Mm -hmm. Horrified. Mm -hmm. But in my heart, I knew that this wasn't sink or swim. I knew I was going to swim regardless. Mm -hmm. I had faith in me, but I was scared of what everybody else was going to say. Oh, yeah. That's natural. And like you said, especially when it comes to the flight benefits, because Delta is one of my favorite airlines. Delta is. And so when you talk about benefits, everybody looking like, girl, no, that's some good. We we traveling. What you doing? You know, but you got to do it for you. When you made the decision, I'm sure you probably, you know, consulted with family or friends or stuff like that. Your husband, yeah. Uh, Of course, your husband. Who'd you get pushback from? And you don't have to specifically mention names, but, or let me say, did you get pushback? Like, no, girl, don't do it. No. Oh. Getting me. Because yeah. by the time I announced it, like people saw the, the wave I was on. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they saw the direction. They saw what I was building. But like before the pandemic even hit, I was already planning my my exit from Delta. Yeah. My family never knew. Mm. Okay. But I knew in my heart, this ain't for me. Mm-hmm. You know, me working in corporate America, that was more so to make everybody else happy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm giving y'all these benefits, you know, but the the income, I, I needed the income, do not get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't happy. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I wasn't happy. So when I when I made the announcement, and also when I told them, I didn't tell them until I knew what my severance package was. Mm, okay. Smart. So once they heard the package, it was a no-brainer. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. <laughs> right. Right, right. Yeah. That's what's up. Now, how long were you with Delta? Four years. It will be, it, it, it'll actually be, my four-year mark is September 30th. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so you. you're coming right up on it. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I, t- I think you mentioned a lot of people don't understand the entrepreneur life. A lot of people don't. You know, a lot of people realize, you know, they can just work from nine to five. Five o'clock, they done, they turn off their job. When it comes to entrepreneur, like you said, like even with Atlanta, somebody hit you up on Wednesday, I need something by Saturday. And, and it's almost like it really don't turn off. And then, too, because we got these things, cell phone. I'm showing them my cell phone. We got the cell phone where it's kind of like people. I think the difference in today's time is the accessibility. You know what I mean? Like people, Absolutely. people, are, back in the day, we was used to, okay, you get an email. I'm not checking this email in from, unless it's from 9 to 5. Now if an email come in at 8 o'clock, people kind of want a response yes. kind of quick. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So are you, are you finding that, like, even with yourself, it's kind of like, okay, you know what? I got an order that came in on Tuesday. What, what's kind of like your turnaround time? Or are you kind of like setting those parameters? Like, look, give um, me a week or give me this much time. It really just depends on the jacket because uh, it depends on what I have to source. Because sometimes I may have to get a patch made. Sometimes I have to find a patch. You know, I'm, and let's just be honest, I'm still, even though I've been an entrepreneur for six years, Junk Jackets isn't even one yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, junk, wow. jack, junk Jackets won't be one until October. Mm-hmm. So I'm still on my foundation. I haven't even started framing this bad boy, you know? So I, and, and I just appreciate my clients for just being patient with me while I figure everything out because sourcing is number one for me. Mm-hmm. That That's that's my bread and butter. Like if you don't properly source your materials, what money are you seeing? So I'm very careful with that. And I just, I, I ask people like, if it's not a time limit, just give me as much time as I can have. That's yeah. to go ahead and create it. Cause I want it to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't like rushing. I don't yeah. want to have behind nothing because my name on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you see something made by me, I want you to be like, okay, she got it going on. Yeah. So did you tell did you tell Bianca what happened when you was out and about with your jacket on? You saw me. Oh yeah, I didn't get a chance to um, talk to you because you came after later on that, that afternoon. But yeah, I was out at Kroger's, and I decided I was like, let me go ahead and put my jacket on because I hadn't worn it since you gave it to me a couple weeks ago. Because it's been kind of cool here, so I put my jacket on, went to Kroger's, and it was so funny because at first I was just like, why? everybody looking at me you know because i'm one I, I don't like a whole lot of attention so everybody looking at me so i mean you can just kind of see eyeballs kind of lingering back and then i was like ah you got this jacket on right so people trying to scan and see what's on this jacket so i'm going through the produce aisle and this lady she was like oh my god she's like i really love your jacket and i was like well thank you so as now I'm now it's sinking in like my you got this jacket on people are really skinning and trying to see 
what's on this jacket so like as i was going out and checking out i was getting more and more compliments like oh my god i really like your jacket so i was waiting for people to be like who did that who made that or whatever so i can give your information but um it's definitely a statement and i know me and you we worked on that we i asked you to make it maybe in june and you were like it's gonna take it's gonna take me a minute you know and i'm like cool by the time you told me like two months i'm like cool we'll be entering into fall so that's perfect mm. and Which you i need to put my order in it immediately yeah you do and the thing is is like you basically was like all i need to know is just what's your interest you know what i mean and from there you was like i got it i got it and i mean just because i saw your work it was like she got it i was just really curious like what are you gonna come up with and so i think the coolest thing is that you have my organizational logo on the back of my jacket i mean it's like my exact logo so it's like so crazy because i'm like that is my logo so i mean all of my different interests um stuff that i hadn't even thought about like the black girl patch and just all the different things that i could take pride in it's really a statement you know and just the handcraft from every little stud to safety pin to everything it's amazing. It's amazing. But I remember talking to you last year this time, and I'm like, saw you did a couple things for Bianca, not Bianca, for Chanel. And I'm like, Bianca, I'm like, you own to something. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I, I could be one of your investors. You know what I'm saying? And at this time, you were still working and, you know, trying to do it on the side. I think you were making blankets. Did you make a blanket? That's yeah. right. Yeah, you had made and a you blanket. Had, you had some onesies, like, too. You was, when you making onesies? Yeah, because yeah, everything yeah. she was wearing, she was making. I'm like, girl, you got some talent. You got some pure talent. So, I mean, that's what I appreciate. Like, when you get this jacket, it is a custom, just for you, jacket. It's not something that you're going to see other people with, but you have a certain style and a signature that is so unique that it's, it's worth nobody the can, it's worth the money nobody can deny that it came from you no it's, right. it's definitely your signature it's definitely like there is nothing else like and i know for me when i think about the jacket the only way not the only way that i'm gonna wear it but pretty pretty much the only places i'm going to wear is when i'm out djing that's why it would be perfect for that's why it would be perfect for me and i'm yeah. gonna need like a couple of them because it's like i'm not putting it on unless i'm in front of people yeah and then you know, where'd you get your jacket? Because, <laughs> you know, he is. He's standing up in front of people. And so this is like a unique piece of art because it's really a piece of art. Mm -hmm. You know, how you design this, it's an art. Mm -hmm. and, and I know you're not the type of person that would try to be like, oh, you put it on, I'll give you, no, charge me full price. Yeah, but it's so worth it because <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's your own. It's mm -hmm. really like your own it's identity. It's yours. And so when Terrence seen it, he was like, Oh, I'm gonna need her to make me one of them, you know, because his theme is red, black, and white. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Yeah, you can get a black jean jacket and then get the red and the white and stuff on it. And so he's definitely trying to um, get with you. I was like, Yeah, get with her now. Uh, yeah. It's definitely worth Don't it. Don't delay, call today. <laughs> yeah. uh, a big thing for me that I did not realize that I'm realizing now is although the jackets to me are, are just about art and being an artist, but they're really, they really become um, something for empowerment when people put them on. Mm -hmm. Like, like when kids, like I get, I, and I screenshot all my compliments, all my texts from clients. My parents, 
I mean, my I, I call them my parents, but when I make a jacket for a kid, the parent be like, so they won't take this jacket off. What am I supposed to do? Right. I'm like, you let them sleep in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, take a lot of pictures with it, boom. Yeah. Take a lot of pictures. Like, Cause it's like a cape. It. It's like when you put it on and it's heavy. I mean, like that mug probably is a good 10, 12 pounds. It's heavy, you know, but, um, it's like a cape. It's like you're putting on your, you, your identity in a sense. And so that's what I like about it. Cause it's like, and then when people make compliments, I have to think like, what's on the back of my jacket that they see in? Because there's so it's many you. different things. Yeah. There's so many different pieces that I'm like, Oh, I forgot it was a, you know, a shoe back there or my logo back there or whatever. So oh, very, like, very creative. Your jackets. Yeah. I made it. But your jackets are you. Yeah, it is. They're, they're, they're complimenting you. Yeah. I just put it together. Yeah, that's how I look at it. All I yeah. did was put it together. But that yeah. jacket—that's you. That's your identity. That's your interest. Those are your preferences. That's your brand. That's who you are. So that's why I and I and I'm not gonna say I hate it, but I I kind of frown upon when people be like, "Just do you." I'm yeah. like, "No, I want to make it for you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what are you like? Like, yeah, I, don't, I like everything you make. <laughs> but it's like, hard oh, to man. tell an artist how to be artsy. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think that's why people say just do you because it's like telling a painter how to paint, you know? Right. Yeah. So it's like you just trust their art and their talent. But I appreciate how you say, okay, well, tell me what your interests are. Yeah. And then just from there, you design. With. Yeah. And you're like, just give me a couple things. And I'm like, okay. She don't like, realize she I just quoted a biggie line. Tell me what your interests are. Who you, who you, you with? with. <laughs> she I don't did. realize she just recorded a biggie line. But that's I know you'll follow me, B. Because you was talking about Method Man. You're you're a huge Method Man fan. Now hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How in the world are you a huge Method Man fan from Atlanta? What you first of all, I'm not a Method Man fan. I'm a fan of the arts. Music okay. is the art. Mm-hmm. Music is expression. If you can convey a complete thought to a rhythmic beat, I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's just that on that. And, and, and hold on, like I bought with Method and Mary from back in the day. Oh so, yeah. Now, was you a Wu Tang fan? Not really a Wu Tang fan. See, that's well, I, funny. I, I like I like a couple cuts, but I wasn't a huge Wu Tang fan. Now my mom's from up top, mm-hmm. so you know I do have my select artists that I absolutely love from there. I know a little Wu Tang, but I wasn't just all over it. Back funny. in the day, they were kind of wild. Mm-hmm. You know. Did you say your mom is from Up Top? Yeah, I, my mom's from New York. Oh my, help me out, honey. Up Top, <laughs> Up Top, where? I followed you, but <laughs> I, I'm the same way. I wasn't a huge Wu Tang fan, but I so got down with Method Man, which is the weirdest Absolutely. thing. Him like, and Red Man. It was I, Him and Red for me. Mm-hmm. Especially when them two got together. Yeah. Um, those was the top, like when they did the How High movie too. Yeah. 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 It was on. Um, but going back, so when it comes to entrepreneurship, what if if anybody if you was to tell anybody that wanted to get into it, what would you tell them? Like mm-hmm. And, and and I and you, and you y'all follow me on social media, and I'm very transparent about my journey in entrepreneurship. And I tell people all the time, this is not easy, but mm-hmm. if your heart is in it, it's so worth it. You know what I mean? And for me, entrepreneurship is more so about perspective. Mm-hmm. If you can put everything into perspective, you can survive. And what I mean by that is, when something happens to you, you 
you got to figure out what is it teaching you don't don't feel like the world is coming down on you everything that happens to us is happening to us for a reason especially in entrepreneurship you got to figure out what did you miss and how is this going to make you better mm-hmm. you speak good yeah can you speak to um the work-life balance that it takes to have your own business oh it definitely requires a schedule and i and i and i tell people all the time you have to set boundaries yeah you got to set boundaries because a lot of time for me as someone who's heavily active in their children's life and you know my husband runs a baseball team i have to set boundaries and tell them hey i'm working leave me alone Mm-hmm. They don't always understand it. Mm-hmm. They're not always happy about it. But at the end of the day, this is for us. Mm-hmm. And right. I can't care how you feel when I have so much riding on the line. Mm-hmm. And and I, I just saw a video somewhere and it was like, when you're working for a company, you can hit snooze. Mm-hmm. But when you're working for yourself, you can't see, you can't hit snooze. You can't, you're sleeping on yourself ultimately. So you don't get the opportunity to hit snooze. So you got to set boundaries. You got to be driven. You got to stay focused. And you kind of got to tune out the extra noise from your family. Like today, perfect idea for today. Um, I am training myself to work at night. Because during the day, my kids with me with me virtual learning, mm-hmm. doing virtual learning with my kids, they're mm-hmm. going to interrupt me. Mm-hmm. So I work at night, get them up in the morning. We do virtual learning to about 12 or 1, and then I go to sleep, then dad takes over. Okay. So so that's how I have to establish my balance. And like today in the morning, when I cook breakfast, I cook dinner. Yeah. Go ahead and get that out the way. Mm-hmm. We not double back, and I don't have that kind of time anymore. Are you making some lasagna? <laughs> that lasagna was fire, B. That lasagna was fire the other day. What was that? Oh, Sunday. It was just cheese, but it was, it was just bomb. cheese. Yeah, it felt like it was meat in there, though. It, 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 it's so hearty and full of cheese, it fills you up. Yeah, Yo, that was, was some good lasagna. Now, okay, speaking of, you, you, I don't know if this is a journey, but this has kind of been you. You actually... Your transformation journey? Yeah, your transformation journey. Talk about that. Because, um, don't get me wrong, are you vegan, vegetarian? Or you I'm just nothing. Don't eat, you just don't eat meat? No, I, I'll eat bacon. Oh, that's right. That, <laughs> I'll that's, try, that's, like, I'll get a slice of bacon. Now, here's the thing. Now, and I t- and I tell people all the time about my diet. I don't have a real. I don't have a diet. I just change the mess I put into my body. And as I got, as you get older, you can't be out here taking a risk, eating everything like you used to. Mm-hmm. So I know. Say it again. Say it again, <laughs> baby. Say it again. You can't be out here taking risks like you used to. Mm-hmm. So for me, I notice how my body processed meat. And I didn't like how long it took for my body to uh, dispose of it. So I was like, let me remove meat from my diet and see if my metabolism, if my metabolism speeds up, if I'm if my body's performing regularly. And I did. So I like and, and meat made me sluggish. I don't understand the correlation. Maybe I was doing it wrong. Maybe mm-hmm. I ate too many fried foods. I'm pretty sure I did. But ultimately, eliminating it made me happy. Mm-hmm. I stopped eating. I stopped eating red meat a long time ago, like burgers and stuff. I stopped eating that a long time ago. Um, pork chops and stuff. Stopped eating that a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But it's just I just recently eliminated chicken. 
And what, what really solidified the decision for me was for a long time, I would go on and off. I would be like, okay, I'm not going to eat meat. All right, I'll start back eating meat. I'm not mm-hmm. going to eat meat, and I'll start back eating meat. But after I would go so long and then start back eating meat, it started making me sick. Mm. Like vomit sick. Okay. Lock stomach sick. So that let me know, like, hey, maybe we should not do this. Mm-hmm. So I, I I stopped eating it, and I just love how – and I, I, I don't eat – um I do eat junk. I do. But I'm not going to eat a whole honey bun. Like, if mm-hmm. I want a honey bun, I'm going to buy the honey bun. Mm-hmm. You may be mad because I'm going to throw the rest of it away. But if I want to take something, Is it the honey bun with the icing on top? <laughs> no, oh. no. That's too much sugar. Yeah, okay. it's a plain old honey yeah, bun. Yeah, I don't care if you throw half of the, the other one. I don't yes, care if you throw half of the other one. That's good old little daddies. Yes, the glaze. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, if you was throwing away with the one with the icing on top, then yeah, I'll be one of the mad ones. <laughs> That's too much sugar. And I tell people all the time, like, if you can just get through, like, the first two months, the rest is like a cake. Because your body starts to reject food that you're not supposed to have. Did you say cake? <laughs> yeah. I eat cake too. <laughs> yes, he's a sweet eater. Yeah, right? I love my bread and I really? love my sweets. And that's my downfall. Yeah. And you can see, you can still have that though. I mm-hmm. still have that. Like I'm gonna scoop a piece of cake, but I'm not gonna eat a whole slice. I'm mm-hmm. gonna get a little cup of ice cream, but I'm not gonna get a whole bowl. I'm gonna sip a soda, but I'm not gonna drink a, a soda. Might mess around last me two three days. Mm. Seriously, because I'm gonna go sip, and I'm gonna come back and drink my water. Mm. For those who are from Ohio, she's talking about pop. <laughs> oh yeah, y'all call it pop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna sit. If I want to taste the soda, I'm gonna taste the soda. But go also, go ahead. go ahead. No, like for for me, soda. I can't drink a lot of soda. It comes through my skin. Oh okay. Yeah, my skin is dry. That's like garlic. <laughs> no, you know garlic can come through your skin. Garlic comes mm-hmm. through your skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. soda, soda dried my skin. So I, I pay attention to how my body reacts to food because ultimately I, I believe food is our medicine. Mm-hmm. So I pay attention to what my body does to everything. It's either our medicine or our illness. It's one Absolutely. or the other. Absolutely. And, and, what's, and what's interesting is like you started this journey, what, last year is when you, we was just starting to see like, are you losing weight? And now you've lost like, what, 50 something pounds? 50 pounds just off of cutting out certain things that you found were really not beneficial for your body. And like we witnessed you make a complete Witness transformation. Yeah. Amazing. Cause it was like, well, we've been eating what we've been eating. You like, uh-uh, you <laughs> I've been eating the sides. I ain't been eating the meat. You're like, oh, okay. We didn't even see it. Cause every yeah. Sunday during power season, we have Sunday dinner. Mm-hmm. And so and I, I would think I would load my plate up, but I'm loading it up with sides. Yeah, and I, I mean, until you said that a and couple I'm months ago, I was like, you. "Oh, I ain't even paid attention." But yeah, you look great. You look yeah, great. You do. You do. You. I. I can. Like when you know you can look at somebody's face and see that they lost weight, and it's like, B looks thinner. It yeah. wasn't until you put the side by side up, like. This was me six months ago, and I'm like, what? You know, because it's just like when you see a person, you're not even really, like, paying attention to all of that. You just see a person. But yeah. then it's like as you see less of a person, you're like, 
wait a minute, what's going on? You know, but you did it slow. You did it the right way. And one thing that you pointed out too, is like, I'm not even exercising like crazy. Just cutting back on the wrong foods has made a tremendous difference in how your body um, is doing. And so that's what I have to tell, even like when I talk to the kids, I'm like, it's 80% diet, 20% exercise. You really have to watch everything that you put in your mouth and really learn early. I wish I had a better knowledge of my body when I was younger of like, what to avoid, what to, you know, what works for my body and what doesn't. So like even trying to get that nutritional understanding in kids early is important. You know, like how does your body feel after you eat a steak? How does your body feel after you eat a hamburger? Does your stomach hurt? You know, because we just ignore all these things because we feel like we got to eat. So, oh, well, my stomach hurt, but I'm going to push on through, you know. So that, I mean, that's really good that you understand your body. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, you good. Got to. You got to. And like mine, you can't out, you, I don't care how much you work, you can't outwork a bad diet. You can't. So, so for me, I'm like, there's no reason for me to be in a gym if I'm eating junk. What am I doing? I'm being counterproductive. Mm-hmm. So I knew I needed to tame what I ate before I tried to go into anybody's gym and be around here acting like I'm getting it together. Mm-hmm. Like, no. Because mm-hmm. like we're in quarantine. I still lost weight in quarantine because I'm able to sustain my diet. Mm-hmm. Like if you, you got a crappy eating habit, and, but you steady going to the gym when the gym closed, you finna gain that weight. Right. So for me, I, I gotta know, I have to make sure, I have to be disciplined when I eat. Because if, God forbid, if something happened to me and I'm not as mobile as I can be, I can still maintain my weight because I'm conscious of what I put in my body. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. Very key. Do you drink a lot of water too? Yeah, I have to. Yeah, okay. I have to. You one of those to drink a gallon of water a day? Absolutely not, ma'am. I'm not that disciplined. I mean, I drink probably 72 to about 80 ounces a day, typically. But when people say a gallon, I just can't do it. I got to put lemon in my water. I just can't do it. I mean, I don't care. I can have it carried around all day. I can get two-thirds of it down. But that last one-third, it's just too much. I can't do it. No, I, I don't even, I don't even try that. Um, and because I know I can't maintain it long-term. Mm-hmm. Just, just being honest, considering how active my children are, my, if I'm at a cheer competition all day, I'm not taking a gallon of water with me. Right. I'm not. And I'm honest about that. And then right. the thing about drinking that gallon of water that don't nobody miss, you miss one day, you dehydrated because your body not holding on to water. Mm-hmm. That, that that water flushes through you and that's what it's supposed to do but you got to maintain it you yeah. miss one day of drinking that water you're gonna feel like crap mm-hmm. because your body doesn't have any your body's been on a schedule where it's releasing it because it's like okay i know i, I know i have more coming i know i got more water coming you mess around and have a busy day and you can't maintain your water you're gonna be in a crapper mm-hmm. so no I, I take my little sips and I sip it and I maintain my water throughout the day. I might drink maybe four or five bottles of water a day. Yeah, that's still really good. That's still very good. Yeah, you're getting a good intake. Yeah. Definitely getting a good intake. What I was about to ask me. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, so we talked about work life balance. We talked about, you know, entrepreneurship and just the importance of stepping out there and pursuing your dreams and your goals. Mm-hmm. 
when it comes to um, empowering our youth, so like you have children, you're married and you have children. Um, what is your position with entrepreneurship with them? Like, do you feel like you would encourage them to go to college and find a career if they don't have one? Like, if they have an idea of what they want to do, that's different. But this notion that, you know, when you graduate high school, you need to immediately jump into some sort of college program or career is really, you know, I, I'm one. I left high school, went to college, um, went for one thing, came out with something else, you know, um, ended up in education, even though I didn't intend to go in education, but it was my design by God. I do believe that. But like my position because now I am an entrepreneur, Terrence is an entrepreneur, even though we both work, is a little bit different with our kids than it was initially with me. So because you're an entrepreneur and it's working for you, you know, you were able to use your creative gift to make income. What are your conversations like with your kids? I know you have a son that's in high school, soon to be graduating from high school in the next couple of years. What is that conversation like as an entrepreneur mom? Um, I have, my oldest is 16 and then I have an 11 year old and I have a 10 year old. Even though they're all different ages, I have the same conversation with everybody. I do not shove college down their throat. Mm -hmm. I do not. Now, one thing I am going to apply pressure about is happiness. Right. Does this make you happy? Is this your passion? Is this something you can see yourself doing for the rest of your life? And I ask them that all the time. Even my daughter, my daughter's building a brand as we speak. No lie. Okay. Mm -hmm. my, my daughter, she's working on her brand. She's building a brand. My son, he wants to be an engineer. And ultimately, and I tell him that's fine, but you need to own your firm. The goal mm -hmm. needs to be for you to earn your firm. It's nothing for you to work. It's not, it's not, it's okay for you to work for somebody, but ultimately the end goal needs to be you working for yourself because you can, you're capable. You don't need nobody to write your check when I know you have the full, the full ability to write your own. Now I'm not saying that has to happen overnight, but I let them know. Ultimately you need to become your own boss at some point. If you have to go to college and learn whatever you need to learn, then I'm going to help you with that path. But as for now, the only thing that I drill into my kids is passion. What are you happy about? What are you, what, what makes your, what makes you go? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what can you see yourself doing for the rest of your life? And of course they don't always know the answer right now. And mm -hmm. I don't expect them to, mm -hmm. but I need them to have that idea because society has tricked us into thinking we had to go to college when we yep. were young. Yeah. You know what I mean? You and and I, feel so, I, I feel so Rob, because nobody tells kids that you can become a nurse on a two-year degree. They make you think you got to go for four. Or six. Mm -hmm. or, or six. A nurse with, two, with a two-year degree from a technical school, technical school comes in making the same amount as somebody with a four-year degree. It's just their admin privileges are different. And yeah. nobody tells us that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't force college down my kid's throat. It, do I let them know that's an option? Absolutely. If that's what mm -hmm. you want to do, that's what we can do. But I don't want to make you feel like that's what you have to do because that was mommy's path or because that was somebody else's path. Mm -hmm. I went to college, by the grace of God, I went to college for supply chain management. Ultimately, I wanted to work at the ports. I didn't get that opportunity, but by the grace of God, thank you, Lord, 
my company sourcing is my favorite part of my company and mm-hmm. i learned that through college okay i i learned that through college but for my kids i don't know i don't force them that you got to go to college because there's so many more college is really not a big talking point it's like what are you capable of now what can you do because there's so many things you can learn at home opposed to going to college and people are walking oh, yeah. in skilled with no college degree right right absolutely absolutely and i I realized that and i point that out to my kids and delta was so great for as far as exposure goes because i worked in reservations and i always took the time to converse with whoever outside of them calling for a reservation and i met people who literally had amazing listen i met a guy he was a trash truck driver Mm-hmm. but he was a diamond medallion. You know what he did? He would fly to a city, pick up a new dump truck, drive it to wherever it had to go because you can't tow them. Mm. Drive it to wherever they go and fly back to another city, pick up another dump truck and go again. That's all he did. Wow. And he was a diamond medallion, well paid. You wow. hear me? well paid and he was like i just send the money home to my wife she's happy <laughs> wow but there's so many careers that people of people color, don't think we don't even think about mm-hmm. we're not we even don't. thinking about and, you know, and, and right? i tell my friends all the time like the inner city and children of color we're just underexposed we are nobody, nobody tells them that you can literally get paid doing whatever you want yeah, I've I've actually heard reports and just seen, you know, I kind of, I'm big on what you're talking about as far as the college. And there's actually talks of how there's so many job shortages because some people, some some young people don't have trade. Like there, there's a shortage on plumbers. There's a shortage on electricians and like HVAC because it's like, well, or, 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 or IT type of people because a lot of people think they got to go to college for this and that. But it's like, well, shoot, we need more people to do the plumbing in people's houses. And that's the thing. And I just feel like the economy has brainwashed us into taking them student loans like we needed them. Mm-hmm. You know, that we had to go to a four-year... That's the only way... I mean, listen, that was the only way that I thought I could be successful is I had to go to college. <laughs> Even though I had a license, um, I was a licensed nail tech when I graduated high school. Instead of me, like, going all in and just pursuing that and becoming, like, an expert in that, college was hanging over my head like you got to go to college you got to go to college you got to go to college now thankfully god thanks to god it has worked out you know what i mean where college for me has been beneficial i can say i i'm doing what i went to college for you know two master's degrees later but that's not everybody's situation and so like you know the reason why i I had since i think i had sent you so so chanel's um stuff on Facebook because your story reminds me so much of hers. She's a uh, Facebook social media influencer or whatever, but she worked for the post office for years and she was just being compliant, going to work, getting that good money, coming home, but it just wasn't really sparking anything in her. And she used to love to do makeup. And so she started doing makeup, going live, doing makeup, talking smack with people and now she's like 18,000 people later, you know, she's doing makeup. She has her own boutique, online boutique is going very well for her. But that just amazes me. Like, you know, you, you're doing something just out of 
compliance. Let me go to work. This is what you're supposed to do. This is the air quote American dream. So in order for me to have a good life, I have to go to work and work a job that I just just about can sustain every day, you know, to, to make a living for my family. So when you hear stories like yours, like hers, who's like, I'm going to step out here and just do what I'm naturally inclined to do and be successful. That is so encouraging and so inspiring because you don't, you can do it your way, you know, with a good planning, with having a good plan, with making sure that you do your research and you do your homework and you are consistent to whatever you decide to put your mind to. Because that's my thing with our kids is like, when you find something, you can't just quit. You know what I mean? Like stick with it. I don't care if you, if you never do it again, finish it. You know, when you start something, finish it, give it your all. And then that way, if it don't work out, at least you can say, I done turned over every stone possible and it just didn't work out. You know what I mean? But you don't just want to get tough. Oh, I'm, I quit. Because to me, that's the issue with this current generation. They are so quick to give up when stuff is just not laid out for them. Absolutely. And it's like, that's not the real world. You're not going to be successful that way. So Absolutely. I just think it's great. It's an amazing story. Yeah, I, and I, I I teach my kids that like this microwave generation, this ain't it. Instant. It's, yeah. It's not gonna come overnight. It's grind. And and I take my time out to point out the fine details that nobody pays attention to when it comes to a successful person. Because like Big Sean said, it took me 10 years to be an overnight success. Mm-hmm. It's a team. Most people can't stay down two years, let alone ten. Ten months, honey. They be like, I'm done. <laughs> they be like, all right, that's it. This it didn't work out. Yeah. 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 So I I highlight that with my kids. Like it, it takes a lot of consistency. It takes a lot of patience. It. I'm surprised that I am where I am, but I just stuck with it, and I didn't really begin to grow until I was 100 percent authentic with myself. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, because when I first started Rainbows, I was out making stuff I saw other people make, mm-hmm. just trying to see if I can make it and thinking that was the avenue I wanted to hop into. It's cool now in hindsight, because all that be, all of that is going into what I'm doing now. Yeah, and what I'm doing now is for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and nobody, I, I'm not copying anybody on my junk jackets. I'm the creator of junk jackets. But back then, I was hopping in whoever's lane trying to figure out what worked for me. Yeah, but I never, I never gave up because I knew it was gonna work, and at some point it's gonna pop. I just gotta stay the course. Oh, it's and gonna it, pop. And if you think that way, it's gonna happen. That's right. That's yeah. right. It's all about do you have the vision for your, um, your goals and your dreams? Like, what is your vision? What do you believe? Absolutely. Well, B. This is you. You was when you start touching on the college stuff. I was about to be like, um, me and Bianca has never had this conversation before because <laughs> people. This that that's the same thing I be talking. You know, it, it's so much more to life than just what we're being fed. Like I think we have to look up under different things. We I I say I find money up under rugs. I find money in a trash can. Wherever you need to find money, there's money there somewhere. Absolutely. And and or or trying to make a living, but we you just can't be fed with status quo of what needs to be done. So, you know yeah. one thing I teach my kids, Terrence. What's that? And I, and I point it out to them every time. You can make money off of anything. Do y'all know you can go on Groupon and there's somebody selling a, a piece of Mars? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
and, and, and I, I point stuff like that out to my kids. And they be like, huh? I said, all it takes for you is for you to be consistent and believe in whatever you're doing. Yeah. And whoever, it's an audience for everything. It is. It's an audience for everything. So if you maintain your consistency and stay with it, you'll be okay. And I, and I show them that in various realms <laughs> on different topics, like, y'all, this is really happening. Somebody really selling Mars. Somebody's really selling something they don't own. That's yeah, the game. Like, look at that. Mm-hmm. But and if they can convince you that it's there, then you're gonna buy it. Absolutely, you gotta That's believe what, in it. What they say, you know how to sell snow to a um a Eskimo. <laughs> yes, and salt to a slug, baby. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's southern right there. Man, yes, I can sell salt to a slug, and I've never now uh, my personality. I'm very standoffish. I'm very reserved, but. I've never been more outgoing since I did junk jackets. I'll talk to anybody about the junk jacket. That's interesting. But, you know, I think that's just a characteristic of creatives. You know, I just think creatives are not as extroverted as we believe. Um, I think creative people have to have a um, intrinsic space for them to, like, generate ideas and creativity. It's almost like a protected bubble. So it's like I know creatives who are... When it comes to their art, they can be, but then it's like outside of their art, it's kind of like, I'm good. Leave me alone. How you doing? (laughs) You know? And so I think that's just because even Terrence is a creative. He's an extrovert, but he has introvert tendencies, you know, where you'll think he's on all the time. And he's not. I got to curl into my corner every once in a while. And I think that's just from the creative exhaustion, I call Mm -hmm. it from creating everything it's like okay now i just need to just be alone just leave me alone let me just have my little space so i mean we are great at that like you know i know when he needs to be left alone he knows when i need to be left alone i say i'm an introvert that's forced to be an extrovert because of my career Mm -hmm. so like i don't love to do presentations i don't love to be no key keynote speak i don't love it you know what I mean? Whereas sure, he, into it. whereas he would do it in a heartbeat. Oh, it's, it's like right. Work. But for me, I'm like, I'll do everything you need me to do in the background. I'll make sure everything's set and ready for you to go. But I don't want to be out there. You know, he's gonna get out there and crack jokes. But then when he gets home, he's in his corner. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't have enough people in for the day. Yeah, he's like, that's <laughs> right. <it>. I'm tired. <laughs> you know, but I just think when you said that, it just reminded me of like just how creative people are. And I just think it's like, okay, I'm empty. Let me go back to my little corner and fill back up again. So Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's me all day. Man. This has been great. Yeah, this has been super dope. Like, yes. you know, uh, I, I hate this Zoom thing. Um, I, I, I'm like, I love being face to face, but you know the Zoom thing works because you know we're well, we only about twenty minutes apart. Yeah, about twenty it's minutes apart. Yeah, yeah, but you know it's a Tuesday night. So, but B, thank you so much for thank coming you. through. Um, I'm just hoping that this month we, we've been talking a lot about entrepreneurship, and you know just in different manners, and uh, I'm just hoping that people find their path, as you was mentioning, you know, because everybody has their own path. So we're using different people's stories such as yours to uh, help people. Inspire people. Yep, we want to inspire people. So um, thank you so much for joining us on the Dorsey Den Podcast. Oh, B, tell them how to find you. How, how can they find you? How can they order? You can order from um, 
jamesandjones.com j-a-n-e-s-a-n-d-j-o-n-e-s.com follow me on instagram at james and jones and i'm on facebook james and jones of carol and i don't did i did i explain what james and jones meant yeah, you did. Oh did no, did you? No, you, you did. know Maya. I know. Yeah, yeah no. You, yeah. Okay. All right. So Jane, the name James and Jones, because people are like, where did that come from? James and Jones comes from the idea that I want my products to be for the plain James and the keeping up with the Joneses. So mm. I want to cover everybody from one end to the other and everybody in between. So that's James and Jones. So, I, yes, like I like Bianca, that. Bianca, you got 5,000 yes. posts. I just went to the Instagram account. Girl, it's 5,000 posts. You got to realize I started out with family. That, was, that didn't start out as a business page. Uh, but so, still, 5,000 posts, girl, you better go. Oh, wow. That's years, though. That's like, that's like uh, nine years of posts. I'm going to have to go through it. I just, I just, I just followed you, so I'm gonna have to go through it because I want to see all the different jackets and stuff on here. Uh, I'll be following. Yeah. So, anywho, thank you so much. I am DJ Dorsey, and I'm Maya Dorsey, and this is another edition of the Dorsey Den podcast. We out. Until thank you. Bye.